Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Weekends were made for sports. How would you like to play for the New England Patriots? I'd love to. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. Everyone, meet freelance alien bounty hunter, Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp? The football guy? Yeah, I hunt aliens now. Used to catch TDs, now I catch ETs. You ever caught an alien, Shannon? Not yet, Mr. Question, but I'll let you know when I do. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. Oh, isn't this wonderful? Look at this room. What a beautiful room. Have you seen this room? Yes. We're in it. And Rashad Taylor. Okay, dude, I can see you don't want to be cheered up here. Come on, Donnie, let's go get us a lane. On ESPN Sports Radio 1080, The Fan. Hour 2 of 2 here on Sports Sunday. Almost a football Sunday again. It's because Jesse dropped a little NFL note in my ear right there. By the way, although this was very, very highly expected... I don't see the report yet, but he says he saw a report that Foles to the Jaguars is going to be a thing. So that is about what was expected. That was the the highest chance team for him to sign. So uh, better than Blake Bortles. Congratulations. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah. I, I like least, it. Yeah, I mean, Fournette could come back and and be a beast. Um, Where are you seeing this, by the way? I don't. I don't see it. I believe it was uh, NBC Sports Sunday, Sunday night NFL on NBC. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, there you go, Foles. You got yourself a uh, a new team. Still get to keep the green sort of teal. Yeah. That's an ugly jersey. black and teal. It's instead of black and green. It's kind I, was, of, I, can't, okay. I can't stand the the Jaguars jerseys. Really? I like yeah, them. Those are ugly. I like them. I like when teams change it up. I just think uh, it's cool. I don't like the Jaguars jerseys. Those ugly. Are, that ugly. might be the that might be the ugly. worst jersey in in, in football. Quite possibly, unless they bring back the creamsicle uh, Tampa Bay jerseys. Really? Creamsicle was bad. That was bad. Oh, oh. I yeah. thought you were saying like it was good. No, that was bad. Yeah, no, that, that was, was not. That was not good. The Browns jerseys, though, are dope. I like those. Yeah, a lot of people don't like them, which I find interesting. I like those ones, too. Yeah, well, but fresh. I like things that are new and fresh. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so the question I posed before the break was a question. I'm going to, you know what? You know what? I'm just going to read it verbatim. Go for it. I'm going to open my phone. And scroll down to Rashad Taylor. Settle a debate for me. Take your hatred out for a sec. Who was the better shortstop? Question mark, question mark. Jeter or A-Rod? Question mark, question mark. I I like to do two question marks, man. Um, And then I answered you A-Rod. And I said Jeter only better at big moments slash it factor slash being a leader. Uh, A-Rod was better at everything else skill-wise. And you say, just a fielder, not overall. You say A-Rod. Yes. Flat out. I think people, because of their hatred for Alex Rodriguez and the steroids and stuff, kind of forget just how transcendent of a player he was, both as a fielder and a hitter. And, look, I love Derek Jeter to death, but I think people overvalue how good he was. Now, he was great. But I think people overvalue how good he was when comparing him to some of the great greats like A-Rod in terms of skill. The only thing that made Jeter better was his leadership where A-Rod had none. A-Rod was super selfish and did did not have any leadership and Jeter was the exact opposite. 
and the fact that in big moments you knew he was going to come through. A-Rob, that wasn't always the case. So to me, overall, I think Jeter, I preferred Jeter because he was very good hitter. He was a very good fielder, and he was great in all those other things, whereas A-Rod was great, great, and then, frankly, bad at being a leader and being an it-moment guy. So I still would prefer Jeter, and that's why I, I still hate A-Rod for that and many other reasons. But if you're giving me that simple of a question, it's A-Rod. He was the better player. See, that's what I was kind of saying. So I, I was having a, a, a really heated debate. It got real... You know, and in cubicles, you can't have really heated debates. People think that there's an issue. So, um, a, a buddy of mine was saying how uh, it wasn't close. Jeter was the better shortstop. And I think a lot of that is because you know, if Jeter had played for his entire career, let's say for the Blue Jays, I don't think anyone would care as much. I think he'd still be revered, but I don't think anyone would care. The fact that he played in pinstripes for his entire career put more of a spotlight on Derek Jeter. The fact that he dated models and all those things and movie stars and the Cameron Diaz and all that stuff, that's kind of what makes up the the allure of, of Derek Jeter, at least for me. And Jeter, for me, is my favorite baseball player, you know what I'm saying, just because um, I like the way he did it. Very professional, just went about his business. And in a place like New York, where it's the biggest media market in the world, um, for somebody to – do all the things he did as far as dating stuff, but still be able to stay out of the spotlight and stay out the of negative the media, spotlight. stay out of yeah. the all the negativity and everything. That's a really hard thing to do because I've heard some of your radio shows in New York. Those things are brutal, and they <laughs> they spare no. And that's expense. just the radio shows. Yeah, and those are just the guy, the guys on the radio. So Don't read the, those papers. Yeah, those those newspapers, <laughs> man. They they go in, you know. And so, um, for him to be out of the of the spotlight in, in that negative way like that for a long time, really kind of create the this 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 allure of of Derek Jeter. Now, A-Rod, however, was just a baseball player. Like that's just kind of uh what he did. And so he we think about transcendent, man, A-Rod was a transcendent type player. Like I mean, at that point uh, who are the best baseball players over the last 20 years, 30 years? Like uh, number so A-Rod is either number one, two, or three. Uh, Bonds, probably yeah, I'm saying, one. Um, it's Exactly. Barry Bonds, A-Rod. Roger Clemens. Uh, Ro- the, the, the list, you know what I'm saying? But he's up there. Like, he's number two, number three. He's probably top you know, five on that at, list. At, the very, at the very worst top five. Yeah, yeah, at the very worst, you know, top five, which is still saying a lot because he could be, you could easily make that argument. Because Mike Trout would be one. probably up there at this point, too, with how good he's been. Yeah. So, But he hasn't finished. But that. A-Rod, you look at him, man, you talk about big contracts, and we're going to talk about one in a minute, man. A-Rod was the first to get that $250 million contract, that quarter-billion-dollar contract. You know, that was a that was a really big deal at a point because NBA players were looking like, bro, these dudes are getting $200 million over here, and we, we're still trying to scrap for 100 and stuff like that. So then you look at all the people that got big money after that, man. Hey, man, A-Rod was that guy. Like, he wasn't a wasn't a – a great leader, like you said, um, at times he was didn't seem awful like a, in the playoffs. At times, didn't seem like he was a great guy, you know, overall. And I think that's the reason why you, you know, you kind of do that. But at the same time, you talk about his playoff runs. I don't know how good the Texans were. You, you, you can tell me how many times they went to the playoffs. The Rangers, you mean? No, excuse me, the Rangers. Excuse me, how many times they went to the playoffs when A. Rod was there? I don't really, you know, remember how many times. I don't believe they, they got they there. Really went at all. But honest. Jeter had playoff moments every year. You know, the Yankees very seldom miss the playoffs. And I think Jeter has, what, six World Series rings? Mm-hmm. So he got five of them before A-Rod got there. That means you're constantly in the mix and constantly in these positions to where you can make these great plays. Man, 
honestly, A-Rod didn't get as many opportunities in the playoffs, I don't believe, to be able to make those big moments. So when he did finally get them, like you said. He he never made the playoffs with the Rangers. Never made the playoffs with the Rangers. Um, I know they made it once, uh, a few times with the He made it five times with the Mariners. No, sorry. Sorry. Three times with the Mariners. Okay. 95, where he played in two series. 97, and then 2000, where he played in two series. The Yankees, he made it one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine times. Okay. So. And he had one one really good playoffs, which was 2009, which is when they won the World Series. So, yeah. How many how many did Jeter get? Probably more than that. Doesn't really I matter. Mean, Jeter yeah, was I, in the playoffs literally every year. Yeah. So. so, you know, so obviously more opportunities to make uh, those those big plays. Derek Jeter played with better teammates, you know, for most of his career. Up uh, that, that Those Seattle teams back in, you know, 90, 95, 90, those were some – those were some damn good teams, you know, back then. But other than that, Jeter's been able to play with better players, and I also think that matters because when you win five championships, you know, at a point, that's huge. And then A-Rod comes and he wins his first, and you win your sixth. Like, I think a lot of people look at the the ring count as opposed to what you were actually able to do on the field. A couple of texts here on the Better You Today text line. A-Rod was the better player, but Jeter was the better fit. Well, absolutely. Uh, and I think a lot of that is kind of what we were saying with the personality of Derek Jeter fits better with every team mm-hmm. than A-Rod, which is a, a pretty tough personality to manage. Orioles fan here, I feel Jeter was better overall than Cal Ripken. Mm, mm, that's tough. That's tough as you're comparing an all-time great to, I guess, an all-time great. But uh, that's hard. And I try I try really hard not to feel biased when I talk about Yankee players because I am a Yankee fan after now, all. Now, how much of Cal Ripken was longevity than the actual skill? Cause like, And if we're talking just fielding, then maybe – but no, Cal Ripken was really good, and sure longevity in most straight games played. That's why people that helps, know him. You know, I mean, casual fans will know him for that. But Ripken was great. Ripken was great. Yeah. But I mean, would would you say that was more based off of the longevity of his of his career than actual skill set as a uh, compared to Jeter? I find it tough to say that was on the longevity of his career, um, because it's it's tough though because. You know, maybe you're right. I'm just looking at his numbers here, refreshing refreshing my memory a bit. I mean, his best season was his third year in the league. And, I mean, he was great, but he was a 276 hitter. Averaged 23 home runs, 91 RBIs. Hit 270 for the last eight years of his career or so, except for 99. Uh, he was an all-star every single year from 83 to 2001, though. That's tight. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, maybe Jeter was better than Cal Ripken. It's just tough for me to say that because I revere Cal Ripken so much, and it's it's hard. But and I think uh, maybe, that's, you're, maybe you're right. And I think that's the big thing you just said. Because we revere certain players, it's easy for us to say, man, that guy was was better than than anyone else. You know, we revere Derek Jeter as the Yankee, as the captain. You know, as all these things. And so, yeah, people think, yeah, I'm, he was better than. Uh, than A-Rod. Look at what he was able to do in the playoffs. Look at his ring count. Yes, he was better than A-Rod. We take that. Sometimes you have to take that that respect factor that we have. for certain. Kobe's my favorite player. You guys all know that. You know, I will argue Kobe uh, to the death. That said, man, am I dumb enough to believe that Kobe's the best player of all time? No. I'm, I know better than that. You know, and that's just, you know, based off of what I'm able to see with my own two eyes. So I think sometimes you have to just be able to look at things as um, not necessarily through the the fan lens of things. Also got this text. A Rod got Papa Roids. Jeter didn't. We don't. We don't. Okay. 
I mean, leave that alone. Leave that alone. I'm gonna leave it alone. Well, I mean, you're right. That's that is a fact, and I, I'm leaving steroids out of this because almost every player was taking something at that point, and even as a Yankee fan, even though it would hurt my soul forever and crush my dreams and make me really, really, really upset, I would not be shocked if it was found out that Jeter did steroids because yeah. everybody did steroids at that point in time. And- and again, um, and again, when you like somebody, another guy, and you mentioned it, you know, a little earlier. There's a couple guys that you'd be really disappointed if you found out that they ever juiced. I have three: yeah, Griffey, and, Jeter, and Chipper Jones. Now, see if if it came out tomorrow that Griffey had, you know, done, and I'm knocking on wood because that would break my little heart as well if we ever found out that the kid, you know, did that. But if it came out, we everybody would be shocked. Why? Because we love Griffey, we revere Griffey. You know, everybody would be shocked because we love Chipper Jones. I know? wouldn't be shocked. I, I would be hurt. I think I think a lot of people would be both shocked and hurt. Yeah. Yeah. We do. I think maybe, maybe this is just because baseball is my favorite sport, but I wonder, do we revere baseball players more than other sports because of the, the length of the season and the amount of time that you watch them and I, how long their careers can go? I think we respect them a lot more because you, you're you're able to, maybe not a lot more, but I think we you you understand that baseball is the hardest sport to play. Um, I watched the, if you watched the Dion 30 for 30 that he had a little bit ago, Dion Sanders had one of the best football careers you can ever imagine. He's arguably the greatest defensive back, you know, of all time. But then there was still this part of him that says, what if, what if I just been able to play this game and win that world series? What would that have been like? Like, this is somebody who's considered prime time in football, but still was like, man, I would have loved to just get one world series and see how that felt and do all those things like that lets you know how much, you know, how how difficult baseball is to win in. And so when the, when a player like Jeter gets six rings, like that like that's man, that's impressive. Baseball's hard to win in. I uh, by the way, love good sports nicknames. Cuz you just gave me in that segment, the captain, the kid, and primetime. Great sports nicknames. Sports names are awesome. Man. Great sports nicknames. Not all of them are great, but those are great sports nicknames. Yeah, there's some of them that are stupid. I didn't like the Flash. Wade, yeah, uh, yeah, wasn't no. a fan. All right, coming up next, big contracts signed in baseball these last two weeks. Manny Machado, Bryce Harper, and Nolan Arenado. If you missed that one, signed a huge extension that makes him the highest paid per year player in the MLB. Rashad says he doesn't understand why people get mad about these contracts. Get out of my pockets, bro. Let's talk next on the fan. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Blazers lead 26 to 11 over the Hornets. 4:53 to go in the first quarter. Let's go, Zers. So it's going well so far for them. CJ's playing well to start. I'm confident. So is, so is Dame. So is Harkless. By the way, th- thank you, Mo Harkless, for deciding to turn it on again because I was sick and tired of you not trying. It's and the headband, bro. It is the headband. It's the headband. Keeps all the mental stuff inside your head. Doesn't let it leak out. Yeah, that's what it is for Harkless. He lets all the... It's know, all mental for him, it man. It is, so <laughs> keep the headband on. Do whatever you got to do, fam. Uh, Rashad asked me in the break, he goes, do you take Nick Batum back? I said, nope. <laughs> I mean, if he wants to come back for a million three, yeah, man, I'll take a defender you know, on, the, a, on the perimeter. He's a shell of himself, man. He's just nowhere near the same. Would and you rather have already- him or Evan Turner right now? 
Okay, then. They're, exactly. both, they're both the same player. No, me. not really. Nick Batum's on the floor. <laughs> yeah, so I would, I'd much rather have him that, at this point. So most people out there, when I see these hot take opinions about the baseball contracts, I would say 80% of, of people out there have the same general thought. No one is worth blank money. No player is worth blank money. And my argument to that is always quite simple. I say, of course they are. Because if that's what the market price is, and if that's what teams are willing to play, these players for sure are worth that kind of money because they're the best players available as a free agent, right? This year, we had a very unique free agent class with two guys who are right at the beginning of their prime, 26 years old, and Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. And they didn't sign for quite some time. And last year, if you remember, there was a bit of a to-do about baseball teams not signing pl players until later because they were thinking there was collusion about trying to lower the price of contracts. And it was happening again this year. And we're all sitting here going, what on earth is going on? Excuse me. And turns out all big contracts are still being handed out, just not as many teams were interested in doing it. Machado gets 10 years, 300 mil from the Padres with an opt-out after, I think, three or four years. Uh, Bryce Harper gets 13 years, 330 mil from the Philadelphia Phillies. And Colorado Rockies third baseman, Nolan Arenado, who is arguably better than both of them, signs a huge contract extension with the Rockies, which is an eight-year, 260 million contract, which gives him the highest average annual value contract 32.5 mil a year so he is the highest paid baseball player per year now Nolan Arenado Machado's getting 30 mil a year Harper's got the stability of 13 years he also didn't put any opt-outs in his contract by the way and 25 mil per year for Harper and I've always said if a team is willing to pay him that money of course they're worth that money absolutely these are. are younger guys who are the some of the best players top 15 players in baseball all three of them Arenado's a top three player in baseball in my opinion and hell yeah, give them big contracts. And it just, it baffles me when, when people out there say, I don't want my team spending that money. Why? You don't want one of the best players in baseball on your team? Come on. It's, it's just weird. It's a very strange, it's a very strange thing to me. I've never understood why fans are always kind of side with owners, you know, and, and, and some of those instances to where, man, he shouldn't get that much money. And I don't think the why. If it doesn't hurt your franchise and if it doesn't put you in a position to where you can't sign anybody else, why does it matter? Like, that's a, that's a silly thing. Like, yes, there are certain dudes in Major League Baseball that you're going to pay big money for. Bryce Harper sells out almost everywhere he goes. Like, that's he's that good. Mike Trout is going to sell out wherever he goes. Yeah, that's who knows what, what Mike Trout's going to get? Yeah, he, oh, he's going to get $400 million. You know, I mean, He has to. Because you know, I mean, if, he's, if he's the best in baseball, then, yes, he's going to get that. And his contract is what, like two years away? I think it's 2020 or 21. Yeah. So, yeah, so a couple years away, yes, Mike Trout is going to get big money. And let's think about this. A-Rod got that big deal. And what what year was that, the first one, uh, the $250 million? Was that two, um, 2001? I think it was later than that, but I'll double check. So somewhere around there, so – Man, you're talking it took another, you know, 19 years, you know, 50, 17 years for somebody to get $330 million. So you're as much money as baseball is making, as much money as the Phillies are going to make. 2000 yeah. 2000 so $252 That was groundbreaking in 2000 Now you're just talking an additional $80 million more. 
for someone like Bryce Harper for 13 years, man, that's huge. Here's a guy who's 26 years old. And let's say for this 13-year contract, let's just break it down by year as far as his performance. For the first, from, from 26, let's say 31, 32, Bryce Harper's still going to be Bryce Harper. He's going to be dominant. Let's just go ahead and say that. So for the next five years, you know, he's still going to be dominant. Next few years after that, he's probably going to bat right around 240, 230, you know, something like that. He's going to be good. And then everything after that, man, you're paying for him as a face, as somebody who can be a leader and somebody who can come in and help your franchise during the playoffs and be able to be another big bat, you know, in the lineup at a point. This, that, that, that's what you're getting for him. So you mean to tell me for eight of those 13 years, he's going to be a really good to great major league baseball player? Man, yes, that's amazing. You'd absolutely take that. I think that's 100% worth it. People say that's not worth it. You're, you're losing the last five years. Well, what if you win a World Series or two with him? In those first eight years, and what is if it still you, not worth it? And what if you're able to get some young guys and develop him? Don't you think it would help to have a veteran Bryce Harper show them how to do certain things? Well, Absolutely. They've, they've already got a ton of young guys who they're, they're developing, so it kind of just fits anyway. Yeah. The thing with Bryce Harper that I think people struggle with is that he's had two really, really good years, and the rest have been okay. And that's because he hasn't fully reached his potential because he had an MVP season where he had 330 with uh, 42 home runs. 99 ribbies. And then two years ago, he had 319, 29 home runs, 87 RBIs. But he hits like 240, 250, 260 some of those other seasons. And people are going, well, you're, you're, you're only getting a guy for that much money for two years of that potential. So what? He's in his prime. He's considered one of the better players in baseball. Pay the man. Bro. Right? The, I just I don't. Just do it. The Phillies sold 100,000 tickets in less than 24 hours after signing Bryce Harper. 100,000 tickets in less than 24 hours. They his jersey is already selling out. They had to keep their website open longer on their on their fan page just to make sure that people can continue to buy things. This is how impactful he's going to be to Philadelphia, a team that just won the Super Bowl two years ago, a team whose basketball team is finally on the uptick and finally starting to get to a point to where they're becoming really dominant. Then you just insert arguably the best player in baseball into your into your city man yes and then he goes and he takes one of the most iconic numbers that the city of philadelphia has ever had and number three that's what yes bryce harper is going to mean big money for philadelphia so this little 300 million that they're talking about they're going to make that back this year and and then some some texts on this before we get to break every or everybody is worth what they are paid when two sides agree to it that's the accurate value yep this one says, uh, maybe I'm nuts, but I think Nolan, Bryce, and both their teams should all be happy, and none of the complaints about anyone being shortchanged are weird. Uh, this one says, your market argument assumes the market itself is reasonable, and since A-Rod contract with Texas, the market has been significantly skewed. My argument against big contracts is the fans end up paying for them and that Joe Average can't afford to go to games on a regular basis. Well, so the original A-Rod contract was in 2000, right? We are almost 20 years beyond that. If the market is still skewed 20 years after one contract, that's a big problem. And only 80 million? And what I'm going to say is I don't think it's skewed because of that one contract. I think that that contract was huge, and it did change some of the, the rates for higher skill players, but it, the market would have corrected itself by now if, that, if it was that badly skewed by the A-Rod contract. That's the nice thing about baseball is it doesn't have salary caps. You can sure there's luxury tax and you have to pay if you go over a certain amount, but you can pay any player whatever you want depending on the situation. So it kind of gives the freedom of the market to grow and and depress as it will randomly because you don't you're not stuck under this hard cap. 
So I don't think it skewed it that drastically for that long. Maybe initially it did, sure, but I think it would have fixed itself by now if that was the case. And um, yeah, that was the last text. So good text. Thank you guys for texting. Better you today. Text line five five three zero five on uh, on this topic. Coming up next, let's do hate it or love it. Rashad is back to try to take back the throne, but first, Jesse has sports. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. All right, Jesse's been awfully quiet today, minus his uh, very passionate anti-LeBron Until take. you mention LeBron. I, I don't like LeBron. Uh, clearly. You can tell. Clearly. Yeah, yeah. no, that, that <laughs> obviously was directed not at either one of you. I just, I passionately 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 hate lebron and it's not because he's so good like i very much dislike tom brady but i respect um a lot of things that he's done there in new england like the fact that he takes less money to win right you, you never see lebron james do that um so anyways yes that's uh that was all directed towards lebron james and he's probably my least favorite athlete in the world so let's uh, i know right yeah it's least a, favorite that's a big it's a big take yeah so it's been a while since we've had a competition on this. I mean, is it ever a competition? <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't trying to, you know, pat myself on the back. Wow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh, I feel you. I see you. It's been a while because oh. Rashad's been out sick and with with uh, the Kermit voice. So let's go. Uh, let's start. Let's see what happens. Yeah. All right. We got we got like uh, a couple seconds. We got to wait here. Devin White's up on uh, running his first forty-yard dash. I've been very curious about this because he's a possible future Denver Bronco. Just ran it in four-four-two. Mm. Inside linebacker that can run four-four-two. That means he can keep up with them tight ends. That he can. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. On. On we go to love or uh, hate. Uh, there's several things that we can bring up. Um, got lots of things from the list last week that we didn't highlight. Um, but uh, I think we got some interesting stuff that came up this week. One of which, um, a little nugget that came out of L.A. And uh, this one um, about Todd Gurley. Uh, apparently, possibly having arthritis in his knee. Not a good thing for a running back. Um, got a little insurance there with C.J. Anderson. Came off at the end of this. Came on at the end of the season. Isn't but, he a free agent though? Uh, yes, he is a free agent, um, and I believe he does want to go back to L.A. So I think there's mutual interest there. And you know, the, he's bounced around the rest of the league. He's not a guy that uh, I don't think wants a lot of money. So, anyways, uh, could settle in there, but. What I'm thinking is with the arthritis settling in Gurley's knee, love or hate, the Rams can no longer count on Gurley to be a pillar of the franchise moving forward. Um, wow. Yeah, it's a big take right there. Jeez, woo. Um, doesn't mean he he can't be. I'm saying that they can't count on it. Uh, I would I would say love. Um, I think this this playoff run showed us something that uh, this this knee issue was much deeper than we all thought it was, or this you know this issue we didn't know it was a knee. We didn't know if it was a shoulder. We didn't know exactly what it was. We didn't know if maybe he just you know it was contract conduct detrimental to the team. We had no idea why he wasn't playing a lot. But if you're talking about arthritis in your knee, 
that's not something that necessarily goes away. Not to say that's de- de- degenerative bone on bone or anything like that, but arthritis is something that progressively gets worse as time goes along. Running back with, and Todd Gurley is one of those guys who touches the ball 23 to 27 times a game. So he gets a lot of touches. Um, and that's really what made the Rams such a, a dynamic offense is the fact that you had this uh, big playability from the backfield, but then you had a guy that could also catch balls out of the backfield. Uh, and, and then that would open things up for guys like Robert Woods and Cooper Cup and Brandon Cooks and all those other receivers you have there. If they don't have Brand- if they don't have Todd Gurley moving forward, I don't think this Rams team is the, ex- is the same. You saw how good they were not, I guess, with C.J. Anderson uh running the football for them in the Super Bowl, although that wasn't a good game. But I think Todd Gurley, if this is indeed true, uh, I think we might have seen the last of good Todd Gurley. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say hate on this one because I think you can still be a pillar of a franchise even if you are getting less reps every single game based purely on your talent. Arthritis does sound scary, but with the money he has and with the NFL, I wonder if there are not treatments that make it a little bit more manageable for him to play through it throughout an entire season for the next couple of years because he's still got plenty of time to be an L.A. Ram. I think it just really, really amplifies how important it is for the Rams to get a viable second option at running back. Frankly, a guy better than C.J. Anderson would be good to have a good kind of split carry guy there because you want to maybe do some work management or load management with him to keep him healthier for the playoff run as opposed to this past year where you didn't use him at all in the Super Bowl, basically. Um, It's a scary word. I think it's one that can be a problem, but I'm not sure it makes him not a pillar of the franchise because he is just so dang good. And even with a little bit of pain in that knee, I think he can still be dang good. And now if they know that it's actually arthritis, they can manage it versus just having this worry that it's going to be a massive knee injury over and over again. Because this is an ACL repaired knee, by the way. So uh, I'll, I'll say hate that he's not going to be a pillar, but I do think they need to focus on getting another running back. Um, all right. All right. Two different opinions right off the bat. Like it. Um, moving on, we'll stick with the NFL. Uh, Nick Foles, uh, apparently, and NBC reporting that Very he is going to be a Jaguar. And we all know that two years ago, Jacksonville was a Stephen Gilmore tipped ball away from being in the Super Bowl. And last year, they were, what, a four or five win team. So a big drastic difference between the two years, despite the fact that they have a lot of uh, the same talent on the on the squad, a lot of young talent, a lot of young wide receivers, and you got Nick Foles coming in, who has been a Super Bowl MVP. Love or hate? With uh, Nick Foles, the Jaguars will get back to the playoffs. Mm. AFC. Um, I'm I'm gonna jeez. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna. Oh gosh, time's running. I'm gonna hate it. Um, I, I I I think Jacksonville has a really good defense. I don't think Nick Foles is the answer. I think Nick Foles had uh, a really great run with a very talented Philadelphia team that ended up winning the Super Bowl that year. Um, you saw where the wheels kind of fought, fell off for Nick Foles this year, and he went back to kind of being uh, human Nick Foles that we remember. I think anybody is better than Blake Bortles, though, as far as being able to deliver the ball downfield. I think the big question for the Jacksonville is going to be, is Leonard Fournette going to be able to come back and really be that guy that he was before? That was a big reason why they weren't the team they were last year is because he wasn't the running back that he was last year. Is Dante Moncrief going to be able to take that step forward and become 
uh, a solid, solid number one receiver in the league? Is D.D. Westbrook going to be able to be uh, a solid number two? Is this defense going to be able to put everything that happened behind them uh, based on all the Jalen Ramsey's talk and really come out there and 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 be sh- as shut down as they were. Is Miles? Is this going to be the year that Miles Jack finally takes a step forward and becomes the superstar that I think everybody kind of depended on him? I think there's a lot more questions than just Nick Foles uh, being the quarterback there. I think a lot of other positions on this team have to figure out exactly who and what they are if they're going to make the step forward. So, and on top of that, the Colts are are better than than they were. Uh, the Patriots are still going to be the Patriots. We don't really know what's going to happen with a team like Pittsburgh, who's still uh, one of the classes of the AFC. So I still think there's some work to be done. Uh, I could not hate this more. I could not hate this more. I think the Jaguars caught lightning in a bottle when they made the playoffs a couple of years ago because their defense played absolutely out of their mind. There's a couple of reasons why, though, I don't like this. Reason number one, Rashad alluded to it there. They're in a division with Andrew Luck back healthy. And a coach in Frank Reich and the Colts who knows what the hell he's doing. A really young offensive line that's really good. They're always going to be near the top. And the Texans, don't forget about them, with Deshaun Watson in the same division, are always going to be competing for the top. I don't think the Jaguars are going to be able to break through those two teams in that division. They might be battling with the Titans a bit. So that's reason number one. Reason number two, Nick Foles has never played well without Doug Peterson as his coach. It is just a simple fact. When he left the Eagles, he was hot garbage with the Rams and the Chiefs really, really bad. And when he came back to the Eagles, frankly, in the regular season, when uh, Carson Wentz got hurt the first time, he wasn't good until the playoffs. He's just not that good of a quarterback. He has this great lore in the playoffs of being able to make these crazy passes and do these crazy things. And it's great. He's become a legend in Philadelphia because he helped them win a Super Bowl a couple of years ago. And you can't take that away from him. But he's just simply not that good. He's better than Blake Bortles, but he's not that much better than Blake Bortles where the Jaguars are going to make the playoffs. Mm. Plus, I think there's a lot of issues there elsewhere in Jacksonville, so I'll say hate. He does have one season that wasn't under Doug Peterson that is considered one of the best all-time in the history of the NFL by a quarterback. 28-2. Yeah, Just saying. There is one, one moment where he was... Very, very good without Doug Peterson. And it's hard to say, Rams under Jeff Fisher. <laughs> now, the Chiefs is a little bizarre, but. <laughs> um, moving- I, I think he gets way too much respect, Nick Foles. I just think he gets way too much respect. I th- that's the funny thing. It's either he, there's no in the middle for him. Either you really, really think he's really good because of all the things that he's done and you can point to the things that he hasn't had, or you think he's really, really bad. There's not a lot of people who are like, yeah, he's a pretty good quarterback. Like, there's nobody that's there's no in the middle with this guy. It's weird. He's polarizing that yeah, way. That polarizing. All right. Um, final, final uh, question here, most likely. Maybe. I don't know. Unless you guys tie it up. Uh, there's only two minutes left in the bed. So right. I'm assuming final question. <laughs> um, we talked a little bit about LeBron. We all know how passionate I am about anti LeBron or whatever. But uh, we all remember what it was like with Kobe Bryant in LA towards the end there and put up a lot of points. Not a lot of players wanted to go play with them. They didn't want. He didn't want to take that that baited dog seat. You know, Kobe still wanted to be the alpha, but you could see he was starting to decline. Starting to see those parallels between him and LeBron. Love or hate? LeBron James' end of his career will look a lot like Kobe Bryant's. Hey, um, the, the, the one thing about Kobe is Kobe was never 
willing to not be the alpha male. He was never willing to not be uh, the guy that scored the most points because that's what he did, you know. So Kobe didn't want to really, he always wanted to show that he was that cold-blooded killer. And he didn't ever want to be Michael Jordan playing for the Wizards, that guy who was just good but not quite good enough to keep up with everybody else. LeBron James is the type of game that's going to be able to translate no matter how old he continues to get. Uh, he continues to get. He's going to be able to post up down low. He's always going to be. He's always going to be able to be a great passer. LeBron James just moved into top ten all time in assists, also top ten all time in points. Nobody in the history of the NBA has ever done that. He's six foot eight. He's two hundred and sixty pounds. So if they decide to do something different with him, like put him on the block towards the end of his career, they can absolutely do that for him. Uh, Kobe, if he decided to come off the bench, could still be playing in the NBA today, possibly. He could still be a spot-up shooter. He could still be somebody to come into a game and give you 11 or 12 points. Unfortunately, that's just not the way he thinks. LeBron, on the other hand, just wants to play basketball. I think there's a huge chance that he wants to play with his son or play in the league with his son. So I would I could definitely see him changing his game through history and or through time and kind of becoming more of a, uh, a teammate as opposed to the leader of a team. I'm going to say hate, but it's because their games are very, very different. Kobe Bryant was a scorer first, second, third, and fourth, and then a little bit of defense fifth. So Nine times first team all defense. Say that I know, but he was still a scorer first, second, third, and fourth. And he was able to do that all the way into the end of his career, although it got worse and worse and worse, and he took more and more and more shots. LeBron is good at everything. LeBron is a good passer. He's a good defender. He's a good rebounder. He's a pretty good shooter. That's probably the weakest part of his game, but he's still a really good shooter. And I think as he gets older and his body starts to go a little bit, He's still going to be able to do a lot of things well and, and be a helpful part to any team. And plus, I, part of me wonders, his body is he is so unique in the way that he is as a player in terms of his skill set and the way he's built. Will he be able to just keep going and stay a tank and get hurt very infrequently and just kind of be this weird enigma of a player who could just keep doing it until he decided to retire? Part of me thinks he might be able to do that. And Kobe could not do that. So because of that, I'll also say, hate. he's just a, he's just a different kind of guy, a guy that we're, we've never seen and we will likely never see again in the NBA. And I wonder if that's going to change the trajectory of his career in that sense too. So hate. I don't think he's going to uh, be able to do the beta dog status. I, I don't think he'll ever be able to take a backseat. That's just not the way he is. I think that's the parallel between him and Kobe. And that's what kept that's what kept players coming and playing with Kobe. Well, see, that he I, wanted to be the guy, and other guys were like, "No, well, I, no, you're still really good, but you're not the guy anymore." See, it's hard for me to say he didn't want to take a backseat because he went to Miami, where he was clearly going to be in the backseat of of D Wade. Like that was just kind of what it was, and that was kind of the way it was going to be viewed. He went to D Wade's team, so I don't think he has necessarily a problem at that point taking a back. And it really depends on who I'm taking a backseat to. If you're asking me to take it to Kyle Kuzma, then probably not. But if you're asking me to take it to Anthony Davis and I'm towards the end of my career, then okay, I might be able to do that. I don't know if that was D-Wade's team. Like, he went to D-Wade's team, but it became LeBron's team. But it was D-Wade's team. It, Dade, Wade, it's Wade County, not Dade County. It's I, Wade County. I don't know, man. They don't have they don't have the championships there without him. You know? I don't know. All right. Uh, well, with that said, uh, Rashad, you're a winner today. Woohoo! Oh, yeah, I could tell you were blowing me out for some reason. Just that first round, man. Jesse didn't good. like my hot takes. Today. I told you, I, f- I was feeling good coming in today, and you know what? I needed to go ahead and uh, That's why get I said this you had, some, you had some pent up energy. Uh, coming up next, uh, baseball stuff. What? Do whatever you want. You're the host.
Yeah, whatever I want. I'm the host. Next, I'm the fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Chris in Portland says sympathy win. <laughs> Chris in Portland is a jerk. How about that? And he's a terrible saxophone player. No, so he's I've not. heard. <laughs> so I've heard. So, uh, but this glorious music means that yours truly won. Finally, I'll take it. You know, I, I came back. Finally, sympathy win you or not, won Chris the week in Portland. Before you left. Yeah, because I was on a roll. You know, so take that sympathy win, Chris in Portland, jerk. Uh, well, it's like 55, so. For those who know, Chris in Portland is one of Rashad's good friends. Or yeah, he's know. okay. He's an, he's an okay guy. Smells funny, but other than that, <laughs> uh, good dude. But, uh, no, um, thank you for everybody that's, you know, texting into the Better You Today text line, man, 55305. Yeah, it was a good text today. Yeah, man, we had a lot of, you know, we had a lot of stuff to talk about, man. We talked some, talked some A-Rod, which, you know, I don't know if you saw this thing, like Sports Nation does this thing called Beef, and they do, like, you know, um, Jason Kidd versus uh, uh, Jim Jackson and stuff like that, and they'll do Shaq and Kobe. But they just did one that was A-Rod and uh, Derek Jeter and everything, and it was pretty cool. I'll find it, and I'll tag you Beef, uh, like, Facebook. talking about how they talking about how the, the whole yeah about how the, the friendship started, and then they kind of fell out in Beef, and that's initially what got my little debate going in the first place. But that's a cool... Well, a little series. Which 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 beef would you like to see? As far as like, you know, a story explained about why these two two people or multiple people multiple people just don't like each other. As far Ooh. as sports, that's tough. It's hard for you to drop that on me because I don't have that top right? of mind. I know, right? Um, there's a couple I can think about. I mean, well, we we know the Shaq and Kobe, you know, story. Um, I'd love Clemens Piazza. That would be a good one. Threw the sawed-off bat at him. Yeah, yeah. Because there's probably a lot of stuff, you know, behind that. Oh, um, Dion and uh, and, and Garber, the 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 former uh, general manager of the Atlanta Braves. Mm. That would be pretty cool. After seeing the thirty for thirty on Dion, that would be uh, pretty cool to see. You know, I'm trying to think. Uh, maybe T.O. and uh, uh, Brett, Jeff Garcia. Mm. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Or T.O. and Donovan McNabb. Mike Tyson, Evander Holyfield. Yeah, that'd be a good one. <laughs> that, that'd be a good one because there was real life he beef there. He bit my ear off. He bit your ear off. After, but he was, whooping, he was whooping Tyson's ass, though. You know, oh, he was. Mostly, yeah, oh, for, he was. Yeah. Most, of that, most of that fight. No, man. for the entire fight. Yeah, for the entire fight. For two fights, actually. He was really giving Mike Tyson, you know, those hands. So um, we have one that said audio of Bill Parcells and Bill Belichick falling out. Um yeah, they had a 30 for 30. I recorded the two bills. Eh, kind of boring. They didn't really get into their beef or their, you know, their disagreements or whatever. But, I don't know. It was kind of one of the more boring 30 for 30s was the two bills. I don't know if you saw that one. I did not, no. Yeah. I have not been keeping up with a lot of the 30 for 30s lately. I don't know when they get released. I don't. I just don't see what's going on. The, the best one I've seen in a while was the Ric Flair 30 for 30. For obvious reasons. I'm a huge wrestling nerd, so everyone knows it. Um uh, but that was one of the really cool ones. But outside of that, man, I'm trying to figure out which other ones were good. All right. We got to go. We'll be back next week, 9 to 11, same time, same bat channel. Uh, Rashad is now healthy and good to go. And uh, 
we will have plenty more stuff to talk about. The nice thing about Sports Sunday is like today, we talked some Blazers, we talked some LeBron, we talked some baseball, I didn't talked get to some talk NFL about, and hated or love it. I didn't get to talk about Bones Jones winning last night. Shout out to Bones Jones, the best in the world. Thank you for not talking about that. See, hater. Um, I just, you can talk about it, but I would but literally. But we talked about baseball for two segments. I would no, that would have been great. I would, I, would, I would literally sit here and just let you go because I don't know anything. Okay. I don't, I don't know anything. <laughs> Would have been a solo show for me. Though. I know nothing, Jon Snow. Um, I'm going to go home and continue catching up on Game of Thrones. I'm, we're, we're re-watching it because the season, final season starts in two months. So, Oh, tight. Or a month and a half. Tight. Uh, I'm going to go home and probably go back to sleep since there's no football on today. So there we go. All right. Duck baseball. Oh-ho. Man on the board. Oh, I'll make sure I watch that. Listen to it over on 910 ESPN Portland. There you go. That, I can do that. We'll be back next week. (laughs) Omaha! 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 This one's for Pat!